welcome back to the Girl Scout Troop Leader Experience Podcast. I know it's been a little while since I have posted an episode. Hopefully you all understand and can relate. This has been a really crazy time. We went straight from cookie craziness to this corona craziness and Honestly, my bandwidth has been pushed to and beyond the limit these days, and since this podcast is a hobby podcast, unfortunately, that means it kind of goes by the wayside when my the rest of my life and my priorities kick in. But I wanted to at least post a corona-related episode and um, talk to you a little bit about how my troop is handling things, and what resources I have to support you through the next couple of weeks or even potentially months. Um, (laughs) I do also acknowledge that I stopped posting new episodes before all of this craziness kicked in here in the U.S., um, It got delayed by the end of cookie season. I am sure you can all relate to this, but I did 60 hours of cookie booths myself in six weeks personally. That's not even including the booths that I was unable to attend. And in addition, my best friend got married and I was her um, mo, her maid of honor. So I... um, Life just got in the way even before all this happened, and then uh, switching gears, having the kids at home, and also trying to transition my troop to being online, as well as the rest of our lives to being online, has just been crazy. So um, I do want to say this before I dive in too much into the actual subject matter of this episode. I know some of you listen to these episodes with your kids, and I love that. Um, I obviously, this is family-friendly subject matter, and so I will always commit to keeping it family-friendly, but I do want to say that this is probably not the ideal episode to listen to with your kids, um, which not having to drop kids off in a drop-off line is (laughs) probably going to cut down on this, but this is one you're going to want to listen to when you're on your own or headphones or something like that. And the only reason I say that is because you absolutely reserve the right to discuss the situation that's going on in the world with COVID-19. You should be the one who makes the decision as to how you communicate with your kids about that and um, what kind of messaging you want to give them and how you want to relay information and what information you even want to tell them. That's really important to me that you always have the opportunity to uh, be in control of your own parenting. So if you haven't already paused this, if your kids are in the room and you're listening to this out loud, pause it now and go grab some headphones um, or pause it to come back to later when you have some time to yourself, which good luck with that, with all this craziness going on. So even if you are listening to this and the pandemic has totally passed and we're back to our normal lifestyle, I still have resources for you um, that could be potentially really helpful or interesting for a multitude of scenarios beyond just 
this pandemic social isolation quarantine situation we got going on at the time of recording and posting this. So don't skip this episode, even if this is long past. (laughs) Okay, but I am going to spend the next couple of minutes talking about the situation at hand. So (laughs) this is really serious, you guys. And I know that some councils, many councils, are still in the midst of cookie season, and this happened right in the middle of cookies. And I'm going to touch on that a little bit more. I also know that different states and different areas within states have different restrictions or social standards that are considered acceptable right now for how much time you are spending together and how big of groups you are spending time with. Some people are literally still traveling and having parties and weddings and um, going to work conferences and you know, I think at this point, school is pretty much canceled everywhere, at least face to face. School is canceled pretty much everywhere. But um, some people are still working as normal. And um, some things about life are still are still going on as normal in certain areas. Other areas are in total lockdown. So um, we have a wide variety of situations. I, I want to start by saying this is a situation to take seriously. And it is our responsibility to protect not just the girls in our troop, but their families by practicing social isolation at this time. Now, I don't want to get political or anything like that. That is so not the point of this podcast and the politics of it. You can have your own opinions and do your own research as to what the proper way is to handle situations like this. But the bottom line is that regardless of your political affiliation, there is absolutely no denying that this virus is more serious than the standard flu. The death rate is hard to calculate at this point, but uh, so far it is more than double the death rate of the flu. And in some areas, it is uh, exponentially higher than the flu. Um, in addition, yes, there are some people who have it and it's not serious and uh It is, you know, just an uncomfortable illness for a few days and then you get through it. And there are many other people who are dying and then there's everything in between. There's no denying those facts. In addition, um, over 40 percent of the people who are being hospitalized for this virus are under 30. So although there's kind of this conception that the people who are most at risk are people with underlying autoimmune diseases, circumstances or conditions um, or older people, but the reality is that no one is immune to this and even kids are getting it. I just read um, about a little girl who I think was, oh gosh, now I can't remember and I'm not going to go look up the post, but I want to say she's like 12 and she's coughing up blood and she's um, not able to breathe on her own. She's on a a respirator. So uh, kids are not immune. Kids can get it and they can get it in the worst form. And if your kids ever had pneumonia or bronchitis, or you've ever worried that they might get pneumonia or bronchitis when they were sick with the cold or the flu, um, this is that on (laughs) steroids. This is like, this can be obviously a really, really, really bad situation. So As volunteers who take responsibility for kids, um, it is our responsibility to manage the risk and their health and their safety. And we need to not be continuing 
to do normal face-to-face Girl Scout activities right now. And this is even more true if you or anyone in their families is still continuing to go to work as normal right now. Um, If you're still going out and exposed to the world or if they're still going out and are exposed to other people, then if they've traveled or if they've traveled or their family has traveled within even the last two weeks to three weeks, you should not be getting together, period. That that needs to stop. And um, one other thing that I just want to touch on about that is that people can be contagious but asymptomatic, meaning they aren't uh, presenting any symptoms for up to two weeks with this thing. Some people start showing symptoms the next day after being exposed, and other people it's taking weeks for the symptoms to show up, which means it's possible that any of the girls in your troop or anyone in their direct nuclear family has, or even us ourselves, has this virus right now and doesn't even know it yet. So um, the point is we have to socially isolate right now. And unfortunately, it looks like that's going to be for a bit of an extended period of time. Now, again, to keep the politics out of it, I know that there was some discussion actually today, the day I'm recording this, Um, from the White House regarding how we are going to, how and when we're going to get back to work and start um, re-entering the workforce and re-energizing our economy and stimulating our economy just by participation. And I'm going to reiterate that regardless of what is happening with work situations, because I understand that you got to live your life the way you're going to live your life. I don't know what your job is. I don't know what your financial situation is. I don't know what your obligations or responsibilities are. That's on you to personally make that decision. Um, But, you know, the fact that the schools are closed is a really good indicator of the fact that we should not be meeting right now. Um, This is heartbreaking for me and for my troop. So I also want to acknowledge that I don't say this lightly. Girl Scouts is the thing that brings me balance and joy and purpose in my life. And it's all I want to do and talk about for the most part. It is my number one favorite way to spend my time, which is why I have a podcast that allows me to just talk about Girl Scouts as much as I want. (laughs) Um, instead of only being able to talk to friends and family about it who aren't necessarily drinking the green Kool-Aid. So, um, so trust me, this was heartbreaking for me. It was heartbreaking to cancel meetings. It was heartbreaking to cancel. We had a big camping trip planned with our troop and another troop at one of our council properties that was going to include horse program, which the girls have been begging to do. They killed their cookie goals this season and they worked really, really hard. And I worked really hard and I was excited to celebrate um, that way and we had to cancel it that was supposed to be next weekend and um, at the time of recording this but the last weekend in March we had to cancel it in fact we weren't even given a choice I was really struggling with at when do I make that choice but council ended up making that choice for me so I'm grateful that I live in an area where council's being really supportive of um, all of our health and safety, even though it's very sad and uh, it's not how I want things to be, but it is the way things are. Um, At this point for my troop, I have canceled a meeting. I canceled the last meeting altogether. I thought we're all adjusting. We've all got a a lot going on. I didn't want to have to try to scrape together a virtual meeting last minute. So we 
canceled one altogether, which I hate to do. I have never done it in the history of my troop. In four years, I have never just straight up canceled a meeting, but we had no choice. So we canceled this one. Um, we are going to be meeting virtually next week, and we're going to meet virtually through April. Um, my council is currently recommending that we cancel all meetings and activities through May 10th. I have not yet touched the month of May for my troop. Now, in my area, schools get out in mid-May for the summer, so um, typically. So, and we don't really have snow days or anything like that because we don't really get that kind of weather here in Phoenix. But um, because of that, our last meeting of the year is usually in early May. And we try to do it before the girls are facing, like, that end of school year restlessness that comes with final grades and exams and just impending summer. We just avoid that whole time and we finish out our um, Girl Scout year right before that all blows up. So the very first week of May or the second week of May is usually we usually do one meeting in the month of May and we meet every other week in my troop. So the idea of canceling through May 10th really for us is canceling <laughs> the rest of the school year. And that is very depressing to me because the last meeting in May, the last meeting of the year is usually an end of year party. We do troop portraits and we have the girls make scrapbooks together. So if it's possible, we do plan slash hope <laughs> to be able to go back to have that one last in-person meeting in May. Now, I have no idea what the circumstances are going to be, the numbers and the laws and the restrictions and the regulations and everything like that. They're changing daily if you're keeping up with the news right now. So with that being said, uh, it's possible that that's going to be canceled. It's possible that summer camps, resident camps are going to be canceled. It's uh, we had a sixth grade trip planned in uh, either late May or early June. We have not booked anything, thank goodness. But um, for my cadets, they were going to take their first out-of-state trip together. And uh, that's probably going to be canceled So, or at least postponed. Let's put it that way. It's at least going to be postponed. I worry because um, the bulk of um, half of my troop is in fifth and sixth grade. Those are two of the biggest dropout years in Girl Scouts and not being able to have almost an entire spring semester of Girl Scouting um, is, I think, really going to impact my troops retention. And I'm terrified of that. So I want to share with you all of the emotions like that that I am experiencing regarding this, because I'm not just saying like, oh, I don't even care about Girl Scouts. It's not important. I think it's essential. I think it's critical for girls. If you've been listening to this podcast for any time at all, then you know how passionate I am about Girl Scouts and what it does for girls. And I have poured into the research and the studies that show what an impact Girl Scouts has for girls. And I also am a huge believer that Girl Scouts does a lot for the volunteers as well. So I know I get a lot out of it. And I am not happy about giving it up. I'm not happy. <laughs> so um, we're going to adapt as much as we can. It isn't the same. And that does make me sad. So with all that being said, I understand that this is a hard situation that we're going through right now. Um, okay, so with all of that being said, I want to take a moment to acknowledge the cookie situation. I know that there are so many of you who are sitting on inventory who still have um, deposits that are due or who... <laughs> 
uh, are unable now to have booths or anything like that. I know there are also some places that are still boothing. And honestly, that is just off the charts unnecessary as far as risk goes. And I do understand the financial strain that you are under when you are sitting on potentially thousands of dollars of inventory um, and feeling like council may or may not be giving you a lot of options. I'm so lucky that my council's cookie season ended at the very beginning of March. So really right before all of this hit, um, I was able to collect money, final money from every girl except one or well, technically two families, both of whom went to the bank to deposit the money on their own. Thank God. Um, so I'm very grateful and I, I want to be grateful and I want to make space for the fact that most of the people in the country, most of the troops in the country are not as fortunate with timing as I was, as my troop was, as my council was. And if you are sitting on a ton of cookies that you ordered and are financially responsible for and you cannot um, hold booths, and I'm going to say cannot, even if you are technically still allowed or if nobody's really policing you, even if it's discouraged, but they're not. You cannot. You cannot. You cannot do that to the girls. You cannot do that to the customers. You cannot do that to yourself. It is so absolutely not worth it. Stop boothing. Stop boothing. Okay. With that being said, I acknowledge how terrifying and frustrating it must be to not only be managing the financial risk of the situations that are at play in the world right now for your family, but in addition, looking at bankrupting your troop over cookie season, the cookie season that is fairly mandatory, that is the number one way that we fund our troops. I understand that there's anger and frustration at councils feeling like your troop is unsupported. And so I want to touch on that a little bit because I did used to work for my council. And so I think a lot of times I can kind of see things from the council perspective um, and the volunteer perspective. I am not undermining the financial responsibility for troops and potentially troop leaders. If your troop doesn't have the funds to cover it, you being financially responsible for that or your parents having to collectively be financially responsible for that and you having to manage your troop being financially, that is horrifying. And honestly, if your troop can't cover the amount of money that you owe to council and it's going to have to come out of your pocket, I 150% can appreciate why... (laughs) Councils who are holding their volunteers to that are going to be facing massive, massive problems with retention. Uh, If this happened and I was sitting on thousands of dollars of inventory and then the Girl Scouts organization turned around and told me that I owed that thousands of dollars because it wasn't in our troop account, I think we ended up having, we aren't huge sellers, but I think we ended up owing council like 20 grand and in total and uh when we started cookie season i think we had seven hundred dollars in our account so uh if council tried to tell me that i then owed that money i would break up with girl scouts and it would break my heart and um there's no way i would be able to pay that debt and there's no way i would be able to continue volunteering for an organization that put me in that position when there's absolutely nothing i could do now with all of that being said <laughs> 
as much as your hands are tied, counsel's hands are tied. And I want to say this because, uh, yes, I do believe that counsel should do what they can to help troops out and not leave them stuck. But also just acknowledge the fact that that leaves counsel stuck. And at a time where all of their revenue opportunities are gone, in any any revenue generating opportunity outside of cookies is canceled. And they're looking at potentially hemorrhaging membership. They're looking at potentially having to close summer camps, which not only is a revenue generator, but also it's a membership generator. Uh, this could be catastrophic for a lot of councils, especially councils, as much as it's catastrophic for your troop, multiply that out. Because most councils, um, their budgets are written so that 80 to 90% of their revenue comes from cookies. <laughs> None of the cookie proceeds go to national. Okay, so I just want to make that clear. None of the cookie proceeds go to national, no matter where you're located. Um, the cookie proceeds all stay local or go to the baker to cover the cost of the manufacturing. So... National is funded mostly through membership. All of your membership fees go to national. And uh, for the most part, none of your membership fee goes to the council. Now, your council can charge an additional membership fee that would stay local. So some councils do have that. Like instead of paying 25, maybe you pay 50. So 25 per year goes both places. But if you pay for a lifetime membership fee, that all goes to national. If you just pay a $25 annual membership fee that is going to national. If you pay more than $25, then yes, your council is getting some of that. Regardless, um, 80 to 90% of council's budget is written on an assumption of these cookie funds, these cookie proceeds, just like your troop funds are based on that. And if you're looking at owing thousands or tens of thousands of dollars from your troop to council, then again, multiply that out. Uh, I don't know how big different areas are, but in my council, we have between usually between 20 and 25,000 girls. So, or 20 and 25,000 members, I guess. So between 20 to 25,000 members, that's the exponential difference in how much money council owes and how much money council needs for operating expenses. So as much as troops are hemorrhaging money, so is council. To the point where um, camps, if they can't get that funding, camps will close, properties will close, massive layoffs will happen, tons of programs would be canceled, um, the ability to carry on Girl Scouting in your area hinges on the success of the cookie program. So as much as we like to say it is not a fundraiser, the point is the program, um, council depends on that money. And for all of the people who are posting memes and laughing about the National Boy Scouts organization have to, having to file bankruptcy, their councils were not filing bankruptcy. And the reality is that Girl Scouts may be facing the opposite program or the opposite problem following this situation where councils have hemorrhaged enough money that councils are filing bankruptcy. Literally, if your cookie season was 
the worst of the worst of truly disrupted, your council may not be able to continue to provide program for girls in your area. Girl Scouts could be eliminated in your area. So, and and I, I'm not saying that any councils are at risk for that happening. I don't know. I don't, I don't have council financials in front of me, but I want to stress the importance of how much they need that money also. Everybody needs the money and nobody has it. Nonprofits are not operating in a massive surplus with tons of savings and um, funding to <laughs> just bail out their programs when they face things like a global pandemic. <laughs> so um, not to say that no nonprofit has a, is operating in a surplus, because obviously that's not true. And not to say that no councils have savings. Um, I know that at the time that I worked for my council, we were facing annual layoffs for a few years there, and um, they did have um, some savings that they relied on to close as much of the gap as possible and maintain their operations, but tons of stuff was getting slashed. We know that councils all across the country have been closing camps like crazy and selling off camps like crazy, and it breaks our heart when that happens, but then we're the first ones to say councils shouldn't hold us financially responsible for cookies. Well, what is council supposed to do? So now, yes, I fully acknowledge that the actual answer to this problem is that councils should not be 90% dependent on <laughs> the cookie program for their financial operations. I totally agree. And I think councils agree too, but trying to figure out in a hundred plus year old organization that has been operating on cookie program proceeds for over a hundred years, <laughs> um, that's a struggle. What other ways can they generate revenue in order to afford operating expenses? And how do they do all of that without coming across as money hungry or making it about money when the point is that it's supposed to be about the girl and the girl experience? How do you provide a girl experience that is top notch and top quality? How do you provide the training to volunteers? How do you provide the support and the resources to the volunteers? if you don't have the financial resources to support that? And in addition, how do you get the financial resources to support that in the first place? Where does that money come from? So <laughs> I guess I say all this because I know that there's a lot of anger and frustrations with councils, but all I can say is that Having worked for a council, they're not out to get you. They are not sitting there not caring about how this affects their volunteers and their girls. They're not sitting there not caring about hemorrhaging membership. They're not sitting there not caring whether people say, I will never participate in cookies again. Of course they care. Of course they, they have no choice but to care. First of all, trust me when I say you would not work for Girl Scouts if you did not believe in it fully and passionately, because it is a lot of hours for very little paycheck. But um, so you would not you would not devote your life to Girl Scouts professionally if you did not care about the girl and volunteer experience. That's the first thing. People may disagree on priorities or how to go about accomplishing priorities or achieving certain things, 
but um but they care about the girls and they care about the volunteers and they care about the troops and they definitely care about cookie season promise you that so um if every troop in your area is impacted to the worst of the worst situation and cannot financially cover, then there's going to be other options. Maybe they don't even know what they're going to do yet, because the reality is, in addition to not knowing what they need to cancel and how far out they need to cancel and how this is going to affect their staff and how to keep going virtually and what they even can do virtually. I mean, in our area, annual meeting was canceled. The high award ceremony was canceled. All encampments were canceled. All any program that they were offering that's face-to-face program all canceled so not just figure out how to work from home but also what is the work what is the work that they are doing besides canceling stuff because the work that they that a lot of people on staff were doing was supporting all those things that got canceled so if they're not doing that and they don't know when they can even resume that then once the busyness of the cancellations is over what the heck are they even paying people to do? People will absolutely lose their jobs in this field, just like every other field during this time, especially the longer that it carries on. So they're still trying to figure all of that out. They're definitely still trying to figure out really what the answer is about your cookie season and how to hold people financially accountable or not. They're definitely going to work with you. And yes, it is possible that your cookie season is going to get extended and extended and extended exponentially. And yes, that makes my heart hurt for you because that is not fun. In some places, cookie season already goes from like December to April. And that is too long. That is too long. That is way too much to ask of girls and volunteers year over year. And to extend it beyond that, makes me want to throw up a little bit. I love cookies and I'm sad when it's over, typically, except in this case, I'm grateful, but typically I'm sad when it's over and I miss it a little bit. And I'm always like, what are we going to do with all this time initially? (laughs) But uh, there's going to be some option. There's going to be some option for you and for your troop. And if it's mainly you that's affected and not necessarily other troops in your area or it's you and some other troops, but it's not all troops, then I am not going to sit here and place blame. I don't know your situation, but there are things that could then could have been done to um, curb this or there still might be some things that can be done to curb this for you as far as the responsibility goes and what you have on hand versus what you're actually able to sell. Some of that might be things that you could streamline or make more efficient. And some of that is definitely stuff that council could streamline or make more efficient because everybody's council runs cookies differently. So just saying there's opportunity to be more efficient if your troop is very negatively impacted, but not all troops in your area are very negatively impacted. If all troops in your area are very negatively impacted, council has to respond. Just like if all families are negatively impacted by this, the government has to respond. They have to. They have no choice because their entire country, the entire world is facing serious economic depression as a result of this. Same thing with your troops. If your troop is facing, if if all troops in your area are facing serious economic depression, so to speak, 
council will have to respond. That is true. But just know that council having to respond might mean selling camps, more camps, if you even have any left. It might mean selling all of them. It might mean closing. It might mean filing bankruptcy. It might mean layoffs. It might mean all of those things. It's going to mean eliminating a lot of resources or programs that are available, even in places that you already feel like don't offer enough. (laughs) It's terrible. It really is terrible. So in your frustration about what you're dealing with, I just want you to keep in mind that what council's dealing with is also really sucky. (laughs) Okay. So that's what I wanted to say about cookies. Now let's get into, um, like, what are we going to do in the meantime? How do we keep Girl Scouting? Because in my opinion, we need to keep Girl Scouting. Now, if you've heard my GSLE episodes, then um, I have several of them at this point. I highly recommend go back and re-listen. This is a great time to go back and re-listen to all the old episodes. I love, even if you've already listened to them, go back and re-listen again. Take a refresher. I go back and re-listen to my own episodes, usually the interviews, and it does make me cringe. I hate listening to myself, but the information's really good. It's good reminders. So go back and refresh on all that GSLE stuff. But if you've been listening, then you know that one of the elements of GSLE is called pathways. When they came up with GSLE, they came up with these pathways. These were pathways to Girl Scouting. And Troop was one pathway. That's one way that girls can experience Girl Scouting is as part of a troop. Not everybody has to participate in a troop. That's not that's also not the only way to participate in Girl Scouting, but it is a way to participate. Camp is another one. Camp is a way to participate in Girl Scouting. Not everyone has to go to camp. Um, And camp is not the only way, but camp is a way that girls can participate in Girl Scouting. And also, that could be the only pathway that girls participate in. That's allowed, too. One of the pathways that was listed in this pathways concept was virtual, virtual Girl Scouting. This was Girl Scouts as an organization acknowledging that they needed a pathway to be developed for girls to be able to experience Girl Scouting virtually. That in this generation, girls need to be able to have access to the program and to experience the Girl Scout program online. Now, there are many ways that they did start implementing stuff. Resources for volunteers being online, like the volunteer toolkit, that's part of the virtual concept of of virtual Girl Scouting. So that's definitely um, one of those things. Also, um, I think pretty much everyone now has the ability to sell cookies online and frankly, fall product online. We all have had those systems roll out that we're now able to sell online. They're not necessarily perfect systems. I'm not promoting them or anything like it's just an option to be able to to sell cookies online. So that's also part of virtual Girl Scouting. In addition, um, I know that at least with uh, Little Brownie, their online cookie sales platform also has badge work that that girls can complete online through the same cookie portal. The same digital cookie platform that they use to sell cookies also has badge work on the back end that are interactive, like 
game type things that they can complete badge requirements on the back end. I have no idea how many people actually utilize that. I have no idea how many girls are actually getting anything out of that program. And I don't even know how effective it is because I don't have a girl in the troop. So I have never even personally interacted with that uh, badge work, but it's there. And that is also part of the concept of this virtual girl scouting. And what's really crazy is in the midst of all of this, we need a virtual Girl Scouting accessible opportunity and maybe many um, immediately. So if Girl Scouts as a movement had put more effort into this virtual thing that they knew they needed, but they didn't really know how to do it effectively. They didn't really know what it meant. They didn't really have an organized thought process around a way to do it effectively. It's never been done effectively, so it's never been done. I mean, how do do you start it? What in the heck are you even starting? What in the heck are you even doing? It really got pushed off the back burner, and I believe it has not even been listed as part of GSLE in the past couple of years. It kind of got eliminated from GSLE because even though they do acknowledge it's important and they're incorporating a lot more STEM and technology and innovation um, in online programming, the idea of pathways and virtual pathways is really not present anymore because they really have not been, that's not been their highest priority. And now it is pretty much their highest priority and our highest priority, just like in education. Some classrooms were already incorporating some virtual classroom assignments and some virtual homework assignments, and uh, some areas have done that better than others, and those teachers in those school districts are going to be a little bit better prepared for this uh, environment right now. So we are going to talk about what I'm doing with my troop for virtual Girl Scouting for the rest of the semester. And we're also going to talk about how these resources and opportunities can continue to help us and support us when we're not facing this um, global pandemic. (laughs) How can, when we're not socially isolating, how could we still use this um, anytime? So what I want to share is what I've chosen to do now. There's like a ton of resources and I actually posted a really cool site Um, that I think Google has actually compiled a really comprehensive list or like I'm sure it will continue to get developed into more of a database, but like a list of educational platforms and resources online that are available for kids. And this is um, for experiencing art and culture or any, you know, math, science, um, English language, foreign language, any kind of educational experience online is thrown on here. Some of these are resources that already exist online, but they're offering like a free opportunity now for kids in light of the current situation. Some of them are already free. Some of them might cost money, but I think everything actually on this list is free. They might have paid versions, so you could, like, upgrade to things. There are museums that are doing online things. So if you want, like, a comprehensive list of a bunch of resources, you can personally look into how you could provide those um, opportunities to your girls and your troop. Go jump into our Facebook group. You'll want to go to facebook.com slash Girl Scout podcast. 
And there will be a link to join the group or a button to join the group right on the main page. You do have to request to join. But once you get in there, my most recent post in the group is the link to this Google list, this list of all the, the platforms that, I mean, I'm sure there's more, but of many, many platforms that might be helpful. So you can do whatever the heck you want to do. I'm not telling you you should do what I'm doing, but I want to tell you what I'm doing and I want to share it with you. <laughs> okay, so that's all on there if you want to create your own thing. For me, for my troop, what we're going to be doing, we are going to be holding meetings during the same day and time that we normally would have held meetings, and we're going to be doing that through Zoom. Now, Zoom is a totally free conference call software. You can upgrade to a paid account. And if you have like a super troop that's really huge and has a ton of members, then you might need a paid account um, in order to go for more than 40 minutes. But Zoom does have a totally free option. And the totally free option will work for most of us. This has a video and audio. And you can do it from a cell phone or a computer. And like I said, it's totally, totally free for the users as well. So even if you end up having to pay for an account or you decide to pay for an account because you want some extra features or something, your participants, all the girls, can join themselves. Now, some of these girls I know are in significantly less privileged areas and they may not have access to the internet at home. There are a ton of service providers in different areas who are offering free internet services for students. So you gotta see what's available in your area if you want to provide that. Most of the time we can say for girls in lower income areas or whatever who may have less access to these kind of resources at home, that they can go to the library, which obviously right now they cannot. Your library should be closed. If it's not closed, don't go there. It should not be open. Do not go there. Do not go interact with other people and touch surfaces that other people are touching. No, 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 no. So for once right now, we are not encouraging library usage. Now, I'm going to go ahead and say that if you do not have a lot of um, internet accessibility or uh, service providers that are providing internet for free for your girls, that the resources that I'm choosing to use with my troop might not be as helpful for you. Nothing that I'm doing with my troop is quote-unquote required, right? Nothing that I ever do with my troop is quote-unquote required except paying your cookie bill. If you take cookies, it's required that you pay for them. But other than that, nothing is required. You're not required to take cookies. You're not required to take a certain number of cookies. You're not required to do booths. You're not required to come to meetings. You're not required to come to events. You're not required to have a uniform. And none of that is required because technically, according to Girl Scout rules, it can't be required in order to be accessible. In my troop, we encourage girls and families to participate to the extent that they can. And beyond that, is up to them and everybody has their own bandwidth and their own priorities. So you know what, if there are girls who are done participating for the year, that's their prerogative and it makes me sad, but it is what it is. So all I can do is provide what I can provide. I'm a volunteer. I'm gonna provide what I can provide to try to keep girls engaged and connected with each other. And then that's that. So we are gonna hold Zoom meetings. Now, I have a multi-level troop, and one of the things that I really like about Zoom and one of the reasons why I chose to use Zoom, there's tons of options. You could use Google Hangouts. You could use um, 
go to meeting. You could there's tons and tons of options. But um, the reason why there's several reasons I like Zoom. It's not really a comparison thing. I'm not trying to convince you one way or the other. Any of them will work. But I like the breakout room option in Zoom. Now, if you have the free version, you do have breakout rooms, but you do have to turn them on. Even if you have a paid version, you have to turn them on, which is really weird that they aren't automatically on since they're automatically included. But all you have to do is go to your account settings and then your advanced meeting settings. And it's the very first one. It says um, breakout rooms or something, and it's like a toggle on and off. You can turn it on. And then there's another option once you turn it on that says, do you want to allow the host to assign people to specific rooms? And I have that turned on as well. I have that checked off. Yes, I can. Then I have the option to either randomize breakout rooms or I can assign. This works perfectly for my troop because sometimes we meet all together as a multi-level troop and sometimes we split up. And when we split up, sometimes we split up by level, but sometimes we only split like the daisies and brownies are together and the juniors and cadets are together. Sometimes we do daisies on their own, brownies on their own, and juniors and cadets together. And sometimes we do daisies on their own, brownies on their own, juniors on their own, and cadets on their own. So we have all of these options with Zoom, which I really like. There's also a free a free um, feature called Whiteboard where the users can all draw on their, on their screen digitally. So if they're using a phone or an iPad, they can literally use their finger and draw directly on the screen to collaborate on something. If they're using the computer, they can use their mouse or their trackpad to draw directly onto the meeting space, which is really neat, just that they can collaborate with that. We have a whiteboard in our meeting room um, normally, physically, and the girls always want to write on the whiteboard and they all want to write on the whiteboard together. So this is a way that they can do that. You can also share your screen and you can use the drawing feature to highlight things that you wanna highlight on your screen. So if you're sharing your screen with them, you can, um, uh, like literally highlight stuff, you can circle stuff, you can point to stuff, whatever you want to do. That's all an option and it's all included in the free version. So I really like all of those things. Um, I also have been using Zoom in my last couple of jobs. I used Zoom a heck of a lot in my most recent corporate position. I use Zoom to record podcast interviews for this podcast. I use Zoom for my own business. Um, when I work with other clients, um, we meet on Zoom. I use Zoom all the time. So I'm comfortable with Zoom. It's familiar to me and it's totally free and accessible to everyone. So I like all of those things. Um, yeah, anyway, there's also a call-in only version. So if you have a girl that wants to call in just on the phone or only can call in on the phone, she doesn't have a computer and maybe the only... Um, internet device that they really have in their household is their parents' cell phone and their parents don't want to let them necessarily use that. If they have another phone that they can use to call in for audio only, they could do that as well, which is not ideal because I like the idea of video, but at least it does help. Now, we're still going to do this and move forward with this with um, girls video chatting because we want the girls to still have FaceTime with each other and feel connected. And this is really good advice <laughs> for social isolation in general. If you're feeling super isolated and the only people that you're interacting with are in your household, try FaceTiming or Skyping or Facebook Messenger videoing or something, doing a live video chat with friends and family 
try that. It makes such a world of difference. It feels a lot like hanging out. My two best friends and I do a group chat um, FaceTime almost every day now, which is so nice. It's like having a girls night, but like whenever. And uh, yeah, I've also done some virtual lunches with people where we video chat while we're eating lunch and it's like having lunch together, which is kind of nice. So there's, I recommend it anyway, because it does kind of satisfy some of that social craving that we all have. And if you're struggling with some depression and anxiety, then I really recommend this. I think it'll help a lot with you feeling like things are more normal and you're still a person and a human and it doesn't feel so scary and isolated. So I also want to provide that for the kids. Kids should not be having play dates and such. So therefore, they're probably craving some time with each other. Um, And Girl Scouts to me is it's always a priority to provide a really safe space for the girls to be able to be together and connect with each other. So I still want that to be true in the midst of all this. Um, Some girls are in households that (laughs) their parents are really not scared. They're maybe more annoyed. Um, They are maybe continuing to live fairly normally. But other girls are in households where there's a lot of fear and a lot of stress and a lot of strain and their parents maybe got laid off or um, whatever. And their parents are now also stressed about money. Maybe they're stressed about getting sick. Maybe they are sick, even whether it's COVID or any other sickness. Um, So there are some girls who are dealing with a lot right now and and other girls that are not <laughs> they're just bored or restless or whatever and so giving them that outlet to continue to connect with each other is really important to me now since we had to cancel our last meeting i have not seen my girls in 3 weeks at this point it'll be 4 weeks when we do have our meet our next meeting which is a pretty long time to go without each other they also have not been in school during this time so um and we're in school for one week uh, during that time. I think some of them were already on spring break at that point. So some of them literally have not even been in school this whole time since we last had Girl Scouts, basically. So giving them the opportunity to connect with each other is pretty much my entire meeting plan when we do our first virtual meeting. We're going to introduce them to some of the other resources that are available to them to continue to participate in Girl Scouts. And then we're going to do breakout rooms by level, pretty much, where the girls can just chat with each other and express how they're feeling and talk about whatever they want to talk about, whether that's silly, frivolous things and who's following who on TikTok and whether they've talked to their crush and or whether it's um, questions about school assignments and how they're adjusting to doing school online or to complain about doing school online, or if they want to express fears or anxieties, or if they want to rant or whatever, this is an opportunity for them to get that out. And it's also an opportunity for you as the adult in the room to have those conversations with them as they lead the conversation. Now, I want to stress that this is not a time or a place for us as volunteers to step in and scare them or tell them that they should be scared. So all the things that I did to scare people into stopping their Girl Scout activities at the beginning of this podcast, you can't talk about that with a girl. Like, don't be the one who brings that up. In fact, I think don't even talk about fear unless the girls do. Let them lead that conversation. Maybe they're stressed. Maybe they're afraid. 
Maybe they're frustrated. Maybe they're pent up. Whatever they're feeling, let them lead that conversation. Um, ask them how they're doing. Ask them questions, probing questions, but not leading questions, right? We're not going to feed them language like, what are you afraid of? <laughs> We're not even going to feed them language of, so who is afraid? Who in here is afraid? <laughs> no, not going there because we don't want to plant it in their heads. That they should be afraid. Even if maybe they should, <laughs> that's not on us to make them afraid. And also their kids, their kids, gosh, there's so much about this situation that is so hard for kids. So we don't need to make it any harder for them. <laughs> Um, also, there are certain things that we need to leave up to their parents to be able to lead the discussion um, with their kids and to, quote unquote, tell them how to think. Uh, let that happen between them and their parents. But in the meantime, we need to create a safe space for girls to express themselves. And we need to uh, play our part in creating a sense of balance and normalcy and stability and being the adults in their lives that they can rely on outside of their family. That's something that I take really seriously when we're meeting in person, and it's no different to take that seriously. In fact, it's maybe even more important to take that seriously when we can't meet in person. Um, so giving that opportunity to really express themselves and to catch up with each other, even just about anything. And if you have trouble with conversation lagging, then maybe take some conversation starter questions with you into that conversation. Just have them ready so that you can get girls thinking and talking and dreaming. Um, then for additional meetings, you can try to work on some badge work together, which I'm going to touch on badge work in just a second. Or you can do... Um, you can do whatever other generated conversation pieces. You could do some use some of those resources that are online um, in the Facebook group that are on that website. You could use, explore some of those together, sharing your screen. You could watch a movie together and just have live reactions with each other. Um, everybody could bring their own snack and watch the movie and uh, interact with each other on the chat, <laughs> um, whatever, whatever you want to do, you can, um, there's, there's a ton of things. So the thing that I'm leading with, with my girls is that very first, just let's just reconnect and hang out and catch up. And even though hangout meetings are a little bit controversial in person, more than ever, that is so necessary right now for the girls to just have a chance to hang out. Give them the chance to hang out. So we're going to do that um, and just be social and just enjoy each other's presence and make faces at each other. We're not going to try to do anything strenuous. They're adjusting to online school and all of that already and new routines or a lack thereof, depending on what's going on at home, which we have no control over. Um, so just giving them a chance to have some some fun and some normalcy. We're, we're going to do that. I will be releasing my virtual meeting plans on the blog at buildinggirlsofcourage.com over the next month and a half. Um, so definitely through the end of April, I'll keep going and put on more virtual meeting plans if this is all still going on after April, which unfortunately I imagine it will still be going on, I but I'm trying to be optimistic that maybe it'll pass by the end of April. It's 
come on so quickly that uh, I'm still kind of hoping that another month and a half from now it will just be over. But um, I just heard that the Olympics are actually getting postponed. So, and that was supposed to be like, what, July or something? So, I mean, guys, this could be, this could be a while. Um, okay, so we're going to do virtual meetings. Now, my troop is going to do virtual meetings in lieu of regular meetings. And at this point in time, I do not plan to continue to do virtual meetings after we would have stopped doing on uh, regular meetings, in-person meetings. However, if the world is still in lockdown after the semester typically would end for us, then I may still provide it as an option because girls are then, in that case, not going to be taking crazy trips and traveling during the summer like they normally would. They're going to be home, hopefully, still. If the world is still socially isolating, then they should still be at home at that point. And um, they're not able to go to camp. They're still not able to have play dates. It's a way to continue to stay connected to each other. So I may continue to meet with my troop if the world is still in a state of social isolation, if our communities are still in a state of social isolation and lockdown, even into May, June, July. Um, so I'm just going to play that by ear. But I'm also going to be offering girls the opportunity to do badge work on their own time, at their own pace, and doing badges of their choosing. And they're going to be able to do that through Google Classroom. Now, I'm still building out my Google Classroom, but by the end of this week, which it is March 23rd at the time of recording, by the end of this week, I will have an option for you to purchase access to by the end of this week. That's my commitment. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're going to get information about that at buildinggirlsofcourage.com or in the Facebook group. So make sure that you are, you either bookmark and follow buildinggirlsofcourage.com, which is my blog, or you're going to jump in that Facebook group so that you can be looking for updates when the Google Classroom is available if you want to purchase it. This is going to give you access to all of the badge work that I have built into an online platform for my girls to participate in and complete. And I'm going to do it for all levels. I'm going to build in badge work from Daisy through Ambassador, ultimately. And I'm going to build in as much of a robust Google Classroom as I possibly can with all of the material that I possibly can build in. And all of these um, activities and badge requirements are going to be um, options that girls can complete in social isolation. So without having to take trips or talk to people face to face or whatever. And it's also meant to be activities that girls can pretty much do on their own so that we're not putting more stress and strain on parents who are already trying to figure out how to homeschool <laughs> and, and so on. Um, so we're not trying to put more stress and strain on parents. We're trying to give girls activities that they can follow along with and complete on their own. Now, by the end of this week, it is not going to be robust. So the sooner that you buy in, the sooner you'll get, the lower the price, that you'll get access to um, the earliest version, but then you'll also keep access as I continue to add things to it. Once it, I've added more, the price will continue to go up until I've reached the full peak capacity of a really robust platform that you can then 
um, purchase at what will be considered full price. And I am not even sure what the pricing is going to look like at the point of, at the time of recording this, because so far I only have one Daisy badge on there and I'm working on building out the rest still. So by the end of this week, I will have at least one badge for each grade level available on there. And then over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to continue to build it out more and more robust. Now, the reason why I'm offering it this way, first of all, it's an unbelievable amount of work. So that's why I'm asking for a fee in order to get access to it. Second of all, I'm going to move forward with putting this amount of work into this resource because I think it's something that my troop can continue to use over summer and winter school breaks. It's something that my troop can use as makeup work. I've never, ever, ever allowed or dealt with makeup work. If you miss it in our troop, you miss it. And yeah, sure, you can do it on your own if you want to do it on your own. But then you're also buying the badge on your own. I don't care. I don't care what you did at home. You don't need to prove anything to me. I'm not buying you the badge if you weren't there to participate in the troop activities. You, as a family, can participate in whatever Girl Scout activities you want. You can earn whatever Girl Scout badges you want, and your mom can go buy whatever patches or badges she wants and puts them on your uniform. Don't care. But troop activities and troop funds, will, or troop funds will only cover troop activities, and if you weren't there for the troop activity, you missed it. This will give girls in my troop the opportunity to have a makeup work option. Also, I think that we may also make the Zoom link something that is accessible to girls who can't make it to a meeting because they're sick or their sibling's sick or their mom's sick or whatever, and they don't have a ride to Girl Scouts anymore. Um, they could then jump on Zoom and watch it live and feel like they're participating and, and all that. So exactly how that's going to work and what that's going to look like next year, don't know. I think that's something we're going to continue offering in my troop. So these virtual platforms, I think Girl Scouts acknowledged that they needed some virtual options and didn't necessarily put a ton of time and resources into prioritizing that because obviously they prioritized the face-to-face -face experience until now. And now we're all acknowledging we need some other options. So I'm going to build that out. So my virtual meeting plans that I'm going to be offering over Zoom, those are going to be free. I'm just going to list them as free resources online, whatever I plan to do with my girls, you can do if you want. However, the Google Classroom platform, I am going to ask for just a nominal fee to access it. Now, once you get access to it, you'll be able to make a copy to duplicate the either entire class or you can make a copy of just the things that you want to be accessible to your troop. And once you're in Google Classroom, you can assign assignments to only specific people or no people at all. So if you invite girls to be quote unquote students in your Google Classroom that you've created just by duplicating what I've created and you can add whatever you want to it or stylize it however you want or whatever, I don't care, it's yours, um, then people you can have a really robust Google Classroom on the back end. And if those assignments that are in there and those activities that are in there are not assigned to any students, they won't see them. So it doesn't necessarily have to be overwhelmingly robust to the girls. It's only going to be overwhelmingly robust on the back end to give you a ton of options. Now, you can make them all accessible to all of the girls in your troop, which would give them just a lot of choices and options to pick from. 
So I really like that about Google Classroom. I am still learning my way around it. So I'm probably going to talk about this more and do more episodes talking about my Google Classroom and what I have to offer you as that becomes more clear. Um, I'm not doing grades. You can grade stuff if you want to. Um, I'm not doing grades. I'm doing participation. So you either complete it or you don't. But what's great is the quote unquote grade book option will allow you to see who's completed what badges at a glance. So then you could go place an order with the girlscoutshop.com or by calling your Girl Scout shop locally and um, place orders for whatever badges have been completed. You can set due dates if you want. So for example, if you wanna say like, this week we're working on this badge, maybe you're not even doing virtual meetings, you're only doing virtual badge work. You could say this week, you can complete this work online, but that's it. And if you don't complete it by this deadline, then I'm not buying the badge for you. <laughs> mm. So you could do it that way. You could also set deadlines just to um, keep it structured as far as like, this is the first step. So this is due first. And then in two more weeks, the next one will be due. And that is going to keep you on track to complete one step at a time. Maybe each step is due on specific days, like on Wednesdays, this is due, and on Thursdays, this next step is due, and whatever. It depends on what works for your group and your your families and what they have access to and what your girls want to do. Um, so you have that option. You can also have stuff set to expire. You can upload video on there, so you can have videos for your girls of yourself, or you can share videos. Um, yeah, and so on and so forth. So I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to build out as much as possible. Now, one last thing that I want to touch on before I close out this episode is I want to touch on the World Thinking Day and global action episodes that I never got out. <laughs> I really wanted to do episodes featuring the badge requirements and activities that girls could do <laughs> to complete the badge requirements for World Thinking Day and global action. I still want to do that. Um, I didn't get them out because cookie season was crazy at the time. It was right in the height of our season and also the week before my best friend's wedding. So as her maid of honor, I was just really overwhelmed between those two commitments, not to mention my own family. <laughs> so I unfortunately did not get those out before World Thinking Day, obviously, because that's long since passed. But you can do World Thinking Day and Global Action activities still for the rest of the year. You can do 2020, actually, technically ever, you can do the 2020 Global Action and World Thinking Day activities. The reason why you want to do them in 2020 is because the whole premise of it is that if everybody, if, if members in all of the Girl Scouts and Girl Guides organizations that are part of WAGS in 140 plus countries are all participating in the same subject matter at the same time or in the same year, then we can make some serious progress on those specific issues collectively as a global community. And that is really powerful. But that doesn't mean you can't do them ever, like anytime, you, as long as it feels relevant to your girls, you can do it. And you can adapt it to make it relevant to your girls because it's Girl Scouts and there's no badge police. So you get to do things however you want to do them. So that's all great. But we did World Thinking Day and Global Action requirements with my troop um, the last three meetings before we had to start canceling. 
our in-person meetings. Um, the last three of them, we were doing Global Action and World Thinking Day. And specifically, all the girls loved it, but specifically my fifth and sixth graders absolutely ate it for breakfast. I mean, they loved the subject matter. They liked the activities, but honestly, they had so much to say and so many of their own opinions to share. They loved it so much that they actually requested that instead of moving on to additional subject matter at the meeting that we ended up having to cancel um, this past week, instead of whatever we had planned for that meeting, they wanted to continue with the subject matter. I think that my girls and my fifth and sixth graders would have been happy to continue with that subject matter literally for the rest of the spring, for the rest of spring semester. They loved it. The more material and information and opportunities to think critically and express themselves and to explore those topics at a deeper level, they absolutely would keep going as long as I'd keep going. And it works for me because when I used to work for Girl Scouts, I used to describe myself as a professional feminist. <laughs> so um, it's my my jam. Um, but I want to make it clear, I didn't express that to the girls. It was all them. They absolutely loved it. And I know I heard from some people online that there was some anxiety around whether the subject matter was appropriate or interesting or engaging for girls. I don't know about kindergartners per se, but I know by fifth and sixth grade, these girls were into it. They loved it in my troop. So I still want to do some episodes specifically about those, um, those badges. With that being said, it's a little bit of a weird time to be talking about badge requirements since a lot of the badge requirements are going to have to be adapted. So, um, but I also acknowledge too that not everybody is listening to podcast episodes at the time that they're recorded or posted. Many people are listening to replays. It's just a really crazy time to be alive, folks. So, I'm going to continue moving forward with World Thinking Day and Global Action episodes here in the next couple weeks. I'm going to try to get back on track with phraseology episodes at least weekly, if not multiple times a week, just to churn out a bunch more content for you. Um, but in the meantime, my primary focus is setting up my troop to be able to do virtual Girl Scouting and also that Google Classroom because I want to provide it for you. I want to make a robust resource that is accessible for you. Well, stay safe. Stay, he stay healthy, everyone. Please stop meeting if you're still meeting. Please stop going on events if you're still going on events. And absolutely stop cookie boothing if you're still cookie boothing. Um, and please, please, please stay healthy. Wishing all of you the best of luck in these trying times. And um, yeah, just stay healthy, stay safe, stay positive, and I'll talk to you soon.